Sup, freaks. It's your boy Marty here to introduce this episode of Tales from the Crypt. I had the immense pleasure of sitting back down with Fabian Yar, Bitcoin Core contributor, reviewer extraordinaire, and somebody who has been working on the RPC call that has uh, gotten a lot of tension recently as uh, Bitcoin users have been attempting successfully to audit the supply of Bitcoin. Uh, Got to Gotta say it right now. I know you freaks are waiting on the the live Bitblock Boom episode that we recorded in in Dallas over the weekend. Incredible event, incredible time. Great to be together with with Bitcoiners in person. Uh, it was a special event, special weekend. Vibes were high. Uh, of course, I plan on posting that rabbit hole recap. I'm just waiting on the audio. All right, this isn't a me problem. This is a an audio file problem. Uh, literally has not been sent to me yet, so I cannot upload the episode patience patience is key lower your time preference maybe this this rabbit hole recap drops after the rabbit hole recap that matt and i uh, record on thursday hope not but it may back to the episode at hand right now my discussion with fabian so you guys are really going to like it uh pay attention to what he's saying about reviewing and the review to pr ratio uh for developers this is something that Bitcoin users, but more importantly, developers should probably pay attention to and take into consideration. Review, review, review is extremely important. This episode is brought to you by our good friends at the motherfucking Cash App. You freaks should know all about them, but if you don't know about them, let me tell you about them, all right? They're the easiest place to stack sats in the United States. All right, you can stack sats, send sats, receive sats, and sell sats if you so please. You're hearing sats, 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 sats. Why is that? Because sats are the standard. Right, we're stacking whole sats. We're not buying fractions of Bitcoin. You can make sats a standard on the Cash App. Uh, it's incredible. I saw a product tease earlier today. A little screenshot. I don't know what I saw. I don't know if it was fabricated. Who knows? It was a little speculation. Uh, it seems like they may be getting better uh, portfolio tracking tools. I'll I'll leave it there. Speaking of portfolio, if you want to expand your portfolio beyond sats, uh, Cash App is allowing you to invest in slivers of stonks via Cash App Investing. If you're into the stonk market, if you're into that game, uh, and you you have a favorite stonk, but it's a little too expensive, Cash App Investing is allowing you to buy as little as $1 worth of that stonk. Again, stacking slivers of stonks. Because this is all connected to your bank account, there's no four to five day waiting period. You can start stacking sats and slivers of stonks today. Cash App may even be your bank account. They're offering account number and routing numbers so you can get your paychecks direct deposited into the app. Uh, make sure you know that Cash App Investing is a subsidiary of Square member SIPC. And as always, when you download the app, if you haven't already, make sure you use the code STACKINGSATS. That's one word, S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S. You're going to get $10, and $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. That's Owls Lacrosse. Woo! Enjoy this episode with Fabian. And again, be on the lookout for the BitBlock Boom Rabbit Hole Recap. Waiting on that audio. Okay. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. 
I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Tales from the Crypt. It's your boy, Marty Bent here. Very excited for this conversation. It's actually almost a year to the date. 364 days, if you factor in the leap year that we've had uh, since I posted our first episode. I'm sitting back down with Fabian Yar. Fabian, what's going on? I'm doing good. Uh, great to see you again. Uh, unfortunately, not face to face like last time. But uh, yeah, so the best we can do right now. You know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> It's uh, beginning. I've been getting used to uh, these remote interviews, but I do prefer them in person. And like we were just saying before we hit record, we're both headed to in-person conferences this weekend. Are you excited for yours? Which one are you going to? Yeah, I'm going to uh, Bitcoin Week, uh, which is in Frankfurt, which is also um, pretty close to um, where I grew up. Um, so that's that's cool for me on many levels. Like um, first time uh, since the pandemic that I'm going to going to a Bitcoin event, uh, like a bigger Bitcoin event. Um, this is like, um, yeah, it's like it, the name says, uh, it's a week that is uh, about, with several Bitcoin events. Um, the main event is the Unchain Convention, um, which is an event that used to be a bit less uh, Bitcoin focused, but now they are putting it more, um, um, putting it more into a Bitcoin focus. Um, and um, yeah, there are different events over that week. And uh, tomorrow, as one of the first events, I'm going to do a Bitcoin Socratic seminar there as well. Um, I think they don't have a regular one in, in Frankfurt. Um, and I've been doing this in Berlin. And um, yeah, I just like to like to organize these wherever I go, uh, if I get the chance. And um, so I'm going to contribute to the Bitcoin week. Hell yeah. The more Socratic <laughs> events, the better. What's it been like running a... Uh running a Socratic event in Berlin? Um, very good. Um, I mean, obviously, the, the crowd is not as big as in New York. Uh, but uh, yeah, we have, uh, we have a pretty, uh, pretty solid group of people that come together. Um, several people that are very knowledgeable. Uh, it's fun to discuss stuff with. Um, I would say uh, we are going into the 11th edition now. I think so um, the first five or six were um, in person and then the pandemic came and we just kept on going with the same date but um, online um, and it has been going well um, I'm uh, uh, I was a little bit surprised because um, although we call it like the Berlin Socratic uh, online um, the the crowd has has changed a bit so um, I think we're about the same size as face to face but just a couple of people that would show up face to face are not showing up face to face and uh, but then we have people from from uh, some all over Europe uh, but also some from from general German Bitcoin scene that uh, just tune in and and participate um, and it's cool to also introduce the Socratic seminar um, to these people um, and we're in contact also with other Socratic style events that are going on now online, uh, like Sydney, London. Um, yeah, so that's that's very cool to keep this um, community going with uh, with these events. Hell yeah! Thank you for organizing that. The more uh, the more information propagation, the better. And they're fun too. It's been interesting seeing the transition to these uh, virtual meetups. The VR ones look very, very cool. I haven't participated yet because I don't have a VR set, but um, that seems like a cool little medium to do to do a remote meetup. 
Have you ever yeah. done this? No, unfortunately not. Um, I mean, I, uh, as probably everyone um, at the start of the pandemic, I was I was thinking about buying a VR headset, um, but uh, I I just didn't end up doing it because I thought like uh, I buy too much too much tech stuff that I don't really end up using and and. Um, yeah, so uh, and and I have watched some recordings of some events. So definitely the quality of the content is is, is awesome, and um, I think it's great to organize that. But um, just for me, this VR experience is I just just haven't gotten into that. Um, but yeah, I think that like what's great is also that these events have like a like a spectrum. They vary quite a bit. Um, from from event to event, so like what what we try to do is still, um, I would say, pretty much in the spirit of New York and and what we do face to face is that we try to keep it um, as anonymous as possible. Um, so we um, don't use Zoom, we use um, Jitsi, uh, which is open source software that we self host. Uh, we don't do any recordings. We ask everyone else to not do any recordings. Uh, we don't even do transcripts, although that has been proposed sometimes. Um, but yeah, the, the Berlin Socratic Seminar Online is hopefully, like we cannot check everyone, of course, but um, hopefully as anonymous as you are used to um, an anonymous event, or maybe even more because you don't have to show your face. Um, but then also, as I said, there's a spectrum and, and others are um, different in terms of the content, how they organize that, how they're, for example, more um, uh, focused on specific events, like the, the London Socratic seminars are very much focused on, on specific topics, for example, whereas we have, have like month to month, just like the, the updates on, on all the various topics. Um, so yeah, that's that's fun to see. And um, I think we get all the events get, get participants and, and people are happy, like we largely get positive feedback. So um, yeah, that's great. Hell yeah, yeah. So actually lines up 11 Socratic meetups in Berlin. You let, like, I believe when we recorded, it was like a day or two before you left New York. Mm. Um, and so our, our first chat, we talked about the RPC calls you were working at, the chain code um, residency. You obviously yeah. have since moved on from that residency and you, you had a grant from OKCoin yeah. um, to, to focus on Bitcoin uh, Bitcoin core. And obviously m most recently, uh, you've been popping up on my feed <laughs> and I've been seeing, uh, conversations between you and Pierre Richard and GitHub about the whole validating, validating the, um, the supply, uh, uh, at any given point in time. But before we get to that, just what's your year been like? And, and what I really am interested to learn is, and I re I've talked to other developers who have received grants, but I haven't really dove into the mechanics of what that's like and how, and how, um like how you use the grant mm -hmm. you just use like so if you could if you're comfortable explaining that uh, i'd love to yeah. dive into that yeah um yeah i mean like that the information is not um, mostly not really talked about public but it's also not not secret i think so um i just uh yeah tell you what 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 i think is is uh is interesting um to share so um i mean first of all it's very important to um, kind of give the context from what the world looked like a year ago and what what it looked like looks like now because it has like it feels like changed um, dramatically in terms of how many grants are out there. Um, when um, we ended the residency um, about a year ago, um, 
for some of us, there was was a path forward um, and and some funding available, basically. Uh, but for some of us, it wasn't. Um, and uh, that, um, for example, for me, meant also to kind of bridge myself a little bit with um, just doing freelance work um, like I used to um, while while working on Bitcoin Core as well. Um, and then um, the the talks of uh, with OKCoin um, started, um, yeah somewhere at the beginning of, of winter um, and um, for OKCoin this was also the first time that they that they actually gave out a grant so it was also uh, some learning involved for them as well um, and they received support from from uh, chain code but also I think um, talked to talk to other um, um, people that had been involved with grants um, and so but but it was a bit of a um, there was a bit of a preparation period um, that just, was just necessary for them to to kind of get into it, um, and uh, then by the end of December, um, pretty much beginning of this year, that's that's when the grant uh, really started. So I think yeah, around Christmas basically was a great Christmas gift. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, that's that's when it started for me, um, and um, yeah, there's um, basically. There's a very um, basic contract um, and uh, like a total sum, uh, but that get, gets paid out over um, a monthly period um, or on a monthly basis, basically over the um, agreed period of time. Um, and there was just very loose um, some agreement of how we keep in touch. Um, but uh, since OKCoin, okay I felt like in our first talks was was very interested in in, in learning from from this process in general. Um, we have, uh, I would say, um, kept in pretty close touch, um, and uh, basically emailing at least on on a weekly basis um, about what I've been working on. Um, but also had several calls. Um, I have written some uh, blog posts that was uh, released on their blog as well. Uh, I think we have recorded uh, three podcasts as well. So OKCoin okay has uh, podcasts themselves um, and uh, recorded some episodes for that on, on various topics. Um, so, um, yeah, and, and but for the most part, um, um, over this period of time, I was I was just working on, on Bitcoin and um, giving updates um, to OKCoin. Um, and then uh, beginning of this year um, or as the, as the year, um, as, the, as the months went on, it feels like uh, many, many more uh, grants were given out. Um, and I, I have heard from some people how maybe there, there are minor differences in, in how that, that process works. I think uh, BitMEX is pretty public about how their, how their process works. You can, you can read quite a bit on their blog uh, about that uh, works for them. And of course, Square is, is, is public on Twitter. Um, so. Yeah, that's um, these these um, these grants might differ in, in details, but I think overall it's it's kind of a similar experience to uh, most developers that uh, once once basically the, the, the setup is through, um, for the most part you just focus on on doing your open source work and, and contributing to Bitcoin, um, and in some cases this involves like a focus of, of what to work on, and uh, in some cases it's 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 more free, um, but I think. Basically, I don't really know of any of any people that have really had a, a bad experience or so where where there was the strings attached or so. I think everything is public. Um, people are having good experiences right now. 
Yeah, no, I mean, 2020, the year of Bitcoin dev grants, it seems. And exactly. hopefully there's more to come. Yeah. And so what did you focus on this year? Uh, the, particularly, I know um, we'll talk about the validation of the supply, but I'm sure you've been working on other stuff outside of that as well. Yeah, aside from that, um, not really a topical, um, uh, very deep focus. Um, other than that, um, I was uh, mainly focusing on doing reviews, um, but not also in a specific area, but more um, um, wide and just um, on the one hand, trying to be um, helpful wherever I can, like where, where I saw interesting um, tickets where they were lacking reviewers, um, but also um, um, just um, trying to learn more um, of the code base and trying to learn more um, about the protocol, basically. So um, uh, win-win, both uh, hopefully for for um, the the code, but also for me, um, that um, I could see different parts of the code base and uh, get into more stuff, learn more, um, but also um, help get get stuff merged. Um, and um, yeah, I think that's that's something that is that is um, just worth stressing that um, reviewing is is really important, um, and it's it's a common bottleneck uh, in in Bitcoin Core contribution. Um, we have I don't know something over three hundred open pull requests, um, and oftentimes this can can be there for months or years. Um, and so, yeah, that's something where I just saw in, in general need where, where I could help out. Um, and that's what I did. Yeah, no, that's a topic of discussion that's been arising considering the, the amount of grants that have been going out to devs. How do you weigh, uh, the funding of new code that's written versus code that has already been written and needs to be reviewed? Like, are you just creating more tech debt as you fund new development, new lines of code, if you will, Yeah. to put it, uh, so how do you, how do you view that trade off and how would you go if like, if you had a magic wand or an endless pit of money and we're, we're, um, able to fund different parts of either code review or code development, how would you go about it? Hmm. Um, I mean, um, I uh, also had this discussion with with OKCoin uh, recently, um, where they where they asked me of my opinion, um, and they specifically asked me about this rule um, of like uh, one uh, one commit one one pull request uh, for for one pull request you should uh, something review like five to fifteen um, other pull requests, um, and of course there's like there's a lot of detail to that like one review does not equal another review um but i think this is this can be looked at as, as a good rule of thumb and kind of what i would really love to see is that um just everyone who wants to write code also just just review code because that's just a win-win because people learn from it and and it just makes a lot of sense to just not distinguish between people that mostly write code and people that mostly review i think ideally um people should just do, do both or at least strive to do both i know people some people are not as experienced and they don't feel comfortable maybe giving giving a full arc uh, when they just start out and uh but then they should just um work on that yeah yeah it's got to be intimidating attempting to give your first full arc in the uh the bitcoin repository um 
And for you freaks who are unaware, a full ACK is basically the acknowledgement that you agree that that's suitable code to be merged, correct? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think like the, the, the discussion on Twitter on that, uh, I, I only saw a little bit on that, but I think is um, because um, Bitcoin Magazine gave out uh, uh, like a bounty for um, get your first pull request merged and uh, they gave something like $500 in, in Bitcoin, promised that for, for your first commit. And so it's obviously a um, incentive for new developers to come in and, and write some code and, and try to get it merged. Um, but uh, I think um, the first person to point this out that there's a downside to this was, was Neha. Um, and, and she said that, um, and, and I agree with that, of course, is that these it's, it's great that, that newcomers want to contribute code, but it just puts more load on the experienced developers because they are the ones who have to review this. Um, and of course, so the first time contributor Oftentimes they have to learn a lot, not just about the Bitcoin code base, oftentimes also just C++ and, and how to use Git and GitHub. Um, so there's, there's on, on many levels, um, oftentimes there's support needed. And um, as I said, um, uh, reviewing uh, is a very scarce resource. And so the, the incentive um, should be aligned there. Um, but uh, but it's also hard. Like I, it, it's much harder to incentivize uh, to do the right incentives to to do reviews, um, because it's the quality of review is 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 very hard to to judge. Um, there's there's um, for example concept arc, uh, which is just conceptual review, which can be just not even looking at the code, but just just reading the just reading the um, the, the the text of, of what is what is suggested um, for the change, and that can be for some experienced um, uh, reviewers that can be a, a couple of seconds basically because it's it's no brainer to them, uh, but also there can be very um, there can be very detailed thoughts on that if uh, what what a concept. And there can be there can be weeks and months of discussions just on, on a conceptual review. Um, so just just on that uh, the first stage of review, basically, it's 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 very hard to say. Okay, um, uh, it's it's worth to to pay somebody for, for that or or not to pay somebody for that. It's just basically you you run into then. Um, issue where if, if you were to judge uh, the review or if it's worth it to get a bounty like you would have to review reviews and then you would have even more work um so yeah it's it's, it's very hard to kind of structure that in, in the right way yeah qa process for for re reviewing seems yeah like something that would be hard to implement yeah and that's why i mean that's why I just i mean i'm not a developer at all so correct me if this inclination of mine is wrong, but I think what John Newberry is doing at the PR review club for people who want to get exposed to the Bitcoin core repository and sort of learn the ways of how to interact with the people working on Bitcoin core, not the people working, just how to understand the, the code base better. I think that's conceptually to me, it's a great first step and they're and similar to how the Socratic meetups have been multiplying around the world. Maybe we need more of those PR review clubs to, mm -hmm. to pop up as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, it, this is like the the best thing that that has happened to to Bitcoin reviews, uh, basically, because um, usually, I mean, you're you're basically alone and you're looking at the code and you just there's always you know is there something that I'm missing, um, but there you are in a group 
you kind of get an insight into how other people look at the, the code. You even have basically in preparation a guideline of what to look for um, because you have some some questions on it. Um, you can ask questions yourself. Um, so um, yeah, this is this is really great um, uh, great thing. Um, and I would encourage anyone, even even if you're not a developer, even if you feel like this is too far out for you. Um, just to to either go to the website, I think it's bitcoincore.reviews, um, and just read the transcripts. Like the, there's just the the, the um, discussion from IRC there that you can read on on past pull requests, and it's been going on over, for over a year. So there's there's a ton of stuff to read there, um, or just to to jump in and just maybe just watch the conversation for for a couple of times. I think there's there's hardly better to um, learn about um, contributing to Bitcoin Core, but also um, uh, just what's going on in the Bitcoin Core, um, core code base in general. Yeah. And so a couple questions here. Like, how do you prioritize what to review personally? Uh, is it more people reaching out to you like, hey, will you review this for, for me? Or are you just looking at PRs that have been sitting there for a while? Um, and then two, I forget question two, so you can answer that first while I remember my follow-up question yeah. to that. Um, I, I kind of try to mix it up. So sometimes I get contacted by people, either people that have written a pull request and they, they ask for a review, um, uh, sometimes by, by other people that just have an interest in a certain PR um, that happens uh, sometimes. Um, and, and I'm happy for that. Like, it's not, it's not overwhelming, so... Um, it's it's uh, fine for me um, and um, happy to do that. Um, and then aside from that, um, we have a high priority um, queue basically. So um, we have a little I don't know what's a GitHub board or something where um, I think in theory every developer can put one of their pull requests on it, um, and that's marked as high uh, high priority, uh, and that's what people are supposed to look at first. Um, these tend to be more complex, um, bigger pull requests. Um, I try to review these, but um, I cannot always review all of them because some of them just just very large. And if it's not my wheelhouse, I, I just um, put my put my focus elsewhere. Uh, but in general, I, I usually have reviewed maybe like half or so of the of the high priority um, pull requests that are on that board. Um, then. Um, there are some pull requests maybe that are interesting because they are close to getting merged. So um, if or something already has a couple of acts and um, somebody asks in general, or it looks like this, this could be merged, just needs a couple more eyes on it, um, then that's something where I might jump in because of that in order to, to get it across the finish line. Um, but there are also things that come, that just pop up to me because they're just very new. Um, and then that would be more like a conceptual review. Um, or also sometimes I um, just fi um, find stuff that has been around for a while and has just got stuck uh, for some time. Um, so um, something that is that is also important to understand is that actually the like a large part of the review can also happen after the, the first review. Um, that's also part of um, the complexity of, of um, judging basically how, how good is the review um, and if that kind of formula like one one pull request versus uh, five to 15 reviews if that holds up 
um, you also have to stick with a, a review basically because usually what happens is um, uh, pull request is, gets put out there and a couple of reviews come in and then some changes get made and um, this can go on also for for many many times um, over months sometimes years and sometimes in between this gets stuck for for one or two months um, and ideally um, you have to come back to this uh, pull request that you have started reviewing and where they will make changes and then you have to re-review and you have to um, say if, if now everything is addressed for you or or maybe if you if you want further changes um, and then you have to um, give a react and um, this can be also a bit um, annoying at times uh, when you think okay this is this is done for me now i'm happy with this and then somebody else has a small comment and it gets changed and you have to come back and and um, review it again again but it's just it's important because you always have to have the acknowledgements on the latest um state of the um pull request and that um yeah, sometimes it's overwhelming. Like sometimes it just it happens that three or four pull requests that that I have have been reviewed and they like come in the updates that that they have all been changed and then it's like you know it's it's a queue and you have to um, uh, work on these. Um, and one one good example of one what that we have put in uh, a bit more um, of my review time is Signet. Um, I'm not sure if you have had a specific episode on Signet. Um, um, not yet. Yeah. So Signet, just very briefly, is, is a new type of testnet. Um, it uh, differs in, in, or in, in, in the utility in the sense that um, testnet has, has some problems that um, basically miners can come in there and just, just mine tons of blocks by maybe they want to test in the newest ASIC or so. Um, and that means um, everything kind of gets screwed up if you want to do some normal tests right if you want to for example run if you want to run a lightning network on top of the test net um, that is not possible because sometimes you get a uh, thousand blocks in, in an hour or so and then um, the the basic security mechanisms of lightning just just don't work in, in the same way um, and that's why there has been for many uh, years um, there's been uh, um, um, people have wanted a more a stable sort of testnet um, and uh, developer um, Kalle, um, he has uh, suggested um, Signet um, probably, I would say two years ago or so um, when he first suggested it. Um, and the way this functions, there's still a small proof of work component, but mostly the, the blocks are validated um, through a signature. Um, so um, the um, there's a block provider. It's 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 a trusted uh, setup basically. Like there's one person that has a sig that, that can sign these blocks, and um, but I mean that doesn't really matter. Otherwise, it, it, it functions like a, a Bitcoin network, um, and you can join it. You can validate blocks as well, um, and you can then uh, you you can then have a test net that has. Um, uh, very stable uh, blocks in the sense that it just the block comes every roughly 10 minutes uh, forever um, and that helps with testing these like different layers for example that seems like a, uh, a very high priority if we're going to flesh out the lightning network in full and then correct me if i'm wrong there's been like four test nets right there's been more than one are we on the second for uh, some reason i have a multiple a, two in my head is a test net three um three uh, people are talking about testnet four already 
yeah. Signet may <laughs> be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the yeah, testnet four would probably be a reset of the normal testnet, but uh, I mean, um, I'm not sure if that's necessary. I'm not. Um, I haven't really seen a discussion. And there's also, of course, rec test, which is just um, for your local testing. Uh, where you have hundred percent control, but you cannot really set up an actual network of of other participants with it. Um, yeah. It's Fabian. It's crazy. These small. I mean, I want to call it a small detail, but probably uh, a detail that goes unnoticed, or most Bitcoiners outside of developers don't think about is like the test net. Like you need to be able to test all this stuff, and it needs to be. <laughs> Be workable and then on top of that you need to review <laughs> the test net <laughs> as well as well as the other code yeah. there's so many layers to all this and i think um again into so the crux of what we're getting at in this episode is the importance of review and then dev funding for that review as well and so i think i've remembered my follow-up question to the initial question which was like just to drive home to the listeners out there, to the freaks, the importance of reviews. I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you have any examples of your mind in your mind of instances in which reviewing really highlighted a potential problem that may have gotten merged um, or or led to a discovery uh, that was integral to a piece of code that's in the uh, code base right now? Hmm. Mm, do you mean like something that was caught in in review or maybe that wasn't caught yeah 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 i mean either this, or um or maybe it's a bad question you could tell me if it's a bad question too. yeah i mean the the maintainers generally don't merge anything that is not uh reviewed enough um so um the uh, i think a better um like what's more what's better to to mention maybe as the problem is then that stuff just gets stuck and and doesn't really um yeah just it, it just gets stuck because there's nobody reviewing it and um that sometimes means that that really good new stuff um can get stuck um and so um there just pretty recently there was um a small contribution also from uh Kalle, um where um, this is about um, uh, basically you can um, uh, it's hard to hard to explain uh, <laughs> I didn't I didn't uh, look at it for a little bit but it, it was a small wallet contribution um, that basically um, tested an alternate way of spending um, your um, or, or funding your transaction um, by not re-reusing or or trying to sweep. Um, some of your addresses, so uh, a small improvement on, on privacy potentially, if you have reuse, reuse uh, addresses in the past. Um, and this, um, to me, was uh, almost a no-brainer conceptually. Um, and uh, I think um, Peter Wuller and, and Greg Maxwell and so on, I think they, they also gave concept acts. Um, but this had been opened in 2018. Um, and I, I had never seen this. Like uh, I, I wasn't contributing to to Bitcoin Core in 2018, um, and somehow uh, John Attack um, he found this and he uh, he tagged me in it and said, "Do you think this is interesting?" And and then I yeah I said, "Oh, this is interesting." And then I did a review, and uh, John also did a review, and um, I think then it took 
I don't know, a month or so um, to, to get it merged. But essentially, it had been lying there for about two years without anything happening to it. And I think actually, yeah, the, I think the way John found it is because Kalle wanted to close it because he said, okay, th apparently there's not enough interest in this. Um, so I'm going to close it. So that, that can show that, that for some people, it's, it's just frustrating if they have a good contribution, but it feels like nobody is reviewing it. Um, a bit of type of personality like some people reach out to other people to to hey can you can you please review this but um not everyone not everyone likes to do this um and so um yeah this this is a good example of something that gets stuck because um, there weren't enough reviewers um maybe just something that was a particular part of the code base where there wasn't um, focus on it for for, for some time um and um but when there's attention to it um basically just a couple of people need to get together and 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 review it and re-review the changes um and then something like that that is pretty valuable um can get merged um rather quickly um that makes sense yeah so these prs can basically gather dust and sit around unless developers communicate with each other like hey look at this it could that like that could have been just brushed away yeah i mean right. and, and color color is like no no blame on color in any way because i mean he was also i think putting out signet at the same time and he was probably very busy with signet um and uh also going forward for up until now and uh he put this out as well um probably he thought this is kind of a no-brainer it's a small change uh, uh there sh shouldn't shouldn't be an issue with this like it should get reviewed and and there was a little bit of conceptual review but uh, then just uh, kind of got lost i mean um there's also a bit of a problem with with all these many open pull requests right like when you come into the um repository and you look at the open pull request, there is a list of 300 to 400 open pull requests. Um, and uh, it's just sorted from, from with the latest because also it, it depends on, uh, I mean, you want to review something that has been uh, kept up to date, not something that is uh, rebase issues or something like that. Um, so you probably start at the top and, and look at the most recent ones. And once something has kind of fallen below a certain threshold, like it's, there's nothing been happening for like um, three or four months, uh, really somebody needs to get in there and, and like push it again, like kind of tag somebody in it and, and uh, maybe message somebody about it. Like, hey, what about this? Are you still working on this? Um, and, and maybe poke people to, to do reviews. Um, yeah, and it's crazy thinking about the open source nature that like there's nobody. I mean, obviously people are organizing and, and reaching out to others, but there's no central sort of somebody saying, "Hey, make sure somebody's paying attention to this." It is it's, it's fascinating to me that it's dependent on driven individuals to to drive this this attention to detail when it comes to reviewing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, of in, course, in my mind, yeah, just, I was just going to say, in my mind, I'm thinking, uh, like, what is there? I mean, obviously, you have the, uh, the, um, the pressing PRs that need reviews that you described earlier. Um, like, is there, like, Pierre, Pierre had that bitcoinaxe.com site, mm -hmm. which, uh, which visualized all the, all the PRs out there, but I'm just trying to think, like, is there something outside of, of GitHub or, 
Is there a process that could be instituted to drive better reviewing tendencies? Uh, you would know better than I. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this. It's funny. Like I, I have thought about this for for a little bit. Uh, like. But it's uh, it's also one of these these weird problems that are very hard to solve. Like I've thought about like funny funny ideas, something like a PR Tinder or something like that. You know, they essentially want to get like random suggestions. PR but... Tinder, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Um, because uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Bitcoin Access is great because it also provides you more information that is relevant. Like GitHub is not written for Bitcoin Core. Um, so um, Bitcoin acts basically GitHub for for Bitcoin Core in, in, in the overview of that it provides um, for um, these pull requests. But still, it, it's still like you can sort it in different ways. But there's still it's still a long list of 300 um, plus uh, pull requests, and and you're usually going to start with the high priority ones, which are like 10 or so, and then. You know, there's there's a ton of other stuff, and um, I just I just want to say like um, the like like serious bugs or um, these big features like Signet or so they usually don't fall by the wayside. Usually there's somebody always to, to kind of pick them up, but um, something that is a bit less uh, maybe that is lacking an in, in, in additional champion basically um, aside from the person that wrote the code like that can just just uh, uh, fall into a crack or so and, and get overlooked. Um, and for, yeah, like essentially something like like uh, like a PR Tinder where you would get suggested like these uh, these pull requests that are that have been there for, for a couple of months and um, could use somebody um, or maybe they should just get closed because they um, um, they're just not, there's not enough attention to it. Um, uh, but that is a hard decision. I mean, the, 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 you cannot like I cannot go into something and say um, I don't think this this is interesting enough. Maybe you just close it because there might be somebody else who, who thinks otherwise, right? So that also means why this list is growing because there's we're very hesitant. Or um, I think closing something should always come to the, from the person who is um, contributing the code. Um, but often they also forget maybe to, to do that or they don't want to just they think it's 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 um, valuable yeah so are there any like low-hanging fruit on this list of prs that could be sort of closed due to the fact that code has been merged that makes them obsolete again like somebody would have to go through and and look at that and judge that and there's just a, a ton of work um i think yeah. I think some uh, developers did that a couple of months ago. Like they did some cleanup. Like the, the list used to be uh, quite a bit longer. And um, somebody also sent me one old pull request that I took a look at, and that was a good example of something where it just um, it it it's it, 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 this is just factually stuck <laughs> because it's an upstream issue basically. Um, uh, and and we just have to wait for that uh, um, software that we're using for the RPC and HTTP uh, REST interface um, to fix this small bug, um, and then we um, then we can fix it also ourselves. Um, and uh, but this is something that where we just have to wait. So this is this this was actually something where we couldn't really do anything. Like it didn't make sense to 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 change this or to close it. Um, it just um, had to stay there. 
Um, but other than that, yeah, it's just it's just work that needs to be put in. And and there we're back to kind of the original topic. Um, this is just similar to reviews, um, just a similar type of work. Somebody um, ideally would be regularly going through this backlog and kind of check, okay, was this uh, was this closed now, or maybe there is not enough interest, and and this can be closed. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, in your opinion, how has the state of reviewing changed the past year? You think people are reviewing more, reviewing less? It's getting better. It's like, do you think we still? Obviously, we still need more. Um, but do you think momentum's going in the right direction? I guess that's the question I'm trying to get at there. Um, it's it's hard to say. Uh, uh... In, in a sense, a year ago, I, I wasn't as experienced. So um, I can't really judge my impression from a year ago to, to today's impression because I just had way less of an overview. Um, but um, at the time, it, it didn't feel as much of a problem to me. It just became more apparent over time um, as I was doing more. Um, a year ago, I think I was just not involved enough uh, to see how, how how much of a problem it, it was on on a day to day basic basic basically, um, and like very recently, um, it uh, just feels more and more like there's not there's just uh, not enough. Um, I, I can really it feels like there was a, a noticeable dip when the pandemic hit, uh, and I think that's pretty. Um, pretty easy to to say because people just had other stuff to to deal with um and so i think that just showed that that there was not um just reviewing slowed down um since then this it has picked up more um and i think it's it's at a normal level now just normal not 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 enough normal i would say um but what i've also seen more is like first time contributors coming in like that feels from the beginning of the year to now i think there's been some some reach out which is great um, some some new contributors come, have come in and um tried to do their first commit maybe because of the bitcoin magazine thing maybe because of, of other stuff um and and that's cool um but that just um shows also that that this binds um reviewing resources and um yeah, then, then on the other hand, we have we have stuff that is very big and important and um, takes quite a bit of time, like like Signet, for example, um, where um, it would be greater if we had uh, more resources on it. Any of you freaks that are able to review, get on it. Bitcoin depends on you. Yeah. Is, I mean, because talking about the list of PRs, like you don't want it to get too long. Because then you get decision paralysis. I mean, there probably already is a degree of decision paralysis and what to review and what not to review. But if you imagine the list getting longer, um, especially to Niha's point, if first time uh, PRs, people making PRs for the first time are jumping in, demanding the attention of reviewers who'd be working on more pertinent PRs. Yeah. It's like a weird, it's a weird balancing act, if you will. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that's just, I don't feel like there's a, there's a right answer um, to this. Um, the only thing I think should be noted is that um, 
they're like Nea said, there should not just be an like uh, incentive um, or the, the goal for new contributors shouldn't just be get your first commit in, uh, but it should also be get your first reviews in. Um, and uh, Bitcoin Core Review Club is, is great resources to get into that. But I also, I think I mentioned in some casual discussion, um, maybe there's like a good first review label. Like right now we have a good first contribution label um, for issues that are open specifically for beginners um, where it's, it's something that you can do pretty easily. Um, and so this is kind of reserved like um, uh, contributors that have already gotten things merged, like me, for example, would not take this issue and do it because um, it's it's reserved for first-time contributors. Um, and uh, then maybe we could also have a label for um, something um, to review that is pretty easy to review. Um, but I think um, I don't know. I don't remember who I who I mentioned this to, and um, I don't know if it's. Uh, if if people would be interested in it because it also again means kind of judging is this a good is it an easy review is it not an easy review um yeah but it's it's maybe one idea no i like that a lot just because personally one of my favorite follows on my bitcoin list is bitcoin merges and i especially like <clears throat> Uh, the tweets that come out from Bitcoin merges where it's like, hey, this is the first merge from blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And it has like the little um, party <laughs> emoji, whatever. Um, and I always I always like feel I'm like, hey, I'm proud of that person. I'm like, hey, congrats on your first PR. First review. Uh, if you get that dopamine hit with that as well, it could incentivize it. Yeah. Um, that, that's a really good idea. You got two really good ideas. Uh, review Tinder and uh, first first good review uh, badge or acknowledgement, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. So like one, one thing also where that just came to my mind again is where this shows that, that people just have issues with giving reviews initially is that uh, often when we have the Bitcoin Core Review Club, um, there are people there that are participating and that are reviewing, that are doing really good in the discussion, like contributing good questions, answering questions, showing that they actually have really understood how the, the stuff works. Maybe they even find something. Um, but then I don't find them in the actual pull request giving an ACK. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's kind of uh, sad, I think. like. Um, I don't really know. I don't. You, you know, you can't force somebody to to do that. Um, but uh, it would be great if, like, a higher percentage of people that are participating in the discussion in the PR review club that clearly have understood what it's about also would um, end up uh, getting themselves to the point um, to actually give the knock also then in the pull request. Yeah, it's probably an intimidation factor. I can't imagine how intimidating it would be for a developer. A developer's first like again act or whatever you think a lot of people are just like ah i don't want to i don't want to risk making making myself look stupid yeah yeah i mean i can't really tell anyone to just uh, fuck it give an act or whatever um but um, <laughs> i mean at some point uh you um especially if you it's not the first time you write code in your life and you uh 
maybe have some professional experience where you also reviewed somebody else's code. Uh, like at some point, um, you just have to be honest to yourself and say, okay, I, I don't find any problem with this. So uh, then I guess uh, this is okay. And I can give an arc like, um, that's just how it works for everyone. Like nobody is without fault, uh, but that's also the reason why we don't have just a single reviewer on, on pull requests. We have um, usually three at least, um, um, oftentimes more if it's really important stuff. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Damn, man. It's like... It's very interesting speaking with developers. Uh, it's like coming to Bitcoin from an economic perspective, which I came into, obviously, but this podcast has really exposed me more to the technical side of Bitcoin uh, as well. But to be frank, yeah, I'm focused on sound money and the economics number go up and it's all initiated and enabled by a group of people somewhat I don't want to say disorganized but disparate and self-organizing that's probably a better better term uh every like like a lot of the work that you guys do is is thankless to a degree and like reviewing if you're gonna like tier like thankless actions is probably at the bottom of that right it's um something that's necessary and vital but boring and somewhat of a thankless job uh, it's just ranting here. <laughs> well, but how does like do you that that makes it even sweeter? Somebody thanks you, like uh, Pierre did um, recently. Yeah. What do you mean? Uh, the the um, GetTX outset info stuff and the um, um, auditing stuff. Uh, like that was uh, very nice uh, validation of of the work that I've been doing. So, um, right. Yeah. It's a good seg. It's a good segue into that topic. So, what was what was this whole saga like for you? Um, seeing everybody run that RPC call and screenshot it, and, <laughs> uh, and then the develop the further development of of uh, the refinement of nailing down the supply after that. Yeah, I mean, um, just kind of came out of left field. Like, I I had initially I had seen the this ETH discussion on. Um, how it's hard for them to to audit their total supply. Um, in general, I, I mostly um, ignore um, discussions on 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 ETH. Um, just feels like a huge waste of time for me personally. I don't I don't uh, have a good enough understanding of ETH, and I I just I'm just not interested in it. Um, and uh, but yeah, I, I thought like well, this is interesting. Like this is just. Um, basically a given for for bitcoin like this is just part of bitcoin like this being able to audit supply this is like the the the, the minimum thing of of bitcoin like everyone takes this as as a given basically and and it's it's, it's like part of the core of the reason we're all here yeah exactly exactly and it's it just uh, <laughs> felt crazy that that um some Ethereum people were basically like, yeah, this is not such a big deal. And it's like, okay, yeah, if it's not such a big deal for you, okay, but then it's, it just shows again how how different um, Ethereum is, is from Bitcoin. And it's really different category, basically. Um, and uh, so I was just following this loosely, like it, it came up in my 
in my uh, Twitter feed as well. But uh, since I mostly um, don't follow this, this kind of stuff, um, um, only only saw a little bit of it, I think. Um, and then uh, initially, I think Pierre um, posted that he would pay out a bounty of a million sets or so for um, a script that would uh, allow him to, to audit the total supply of Bitcoin. Um, and that was basically my cue to jump in because uh, this is really what what I've been what I've been working on for for quite a bit of time. Um, this is the the GetTX outside info call and the um, CoinSets index that I've been working on. Um, we we will go a little bit more into detail about that in a moment, but um, yeah, there was really like um, I. Um, uh, I, I I got it. I, I saw it, and basically immediately somebody messaged it to me as well. I think John John Attack messaged it to me as well, basically instantly. Um, and so yeah, that, that was fun, and I I, I answered to it, and then uh, I uh, basically did my did my typical um, uh, thing where I said, okay, this is um, great. I, I will take the sets, but also I, I need more reviewers basically because this uh, <laughs> <laughs> this this work. Um, is is one of those things that have been out there. That's just not top top priority. Like this is not as high priority as Signet or Taproot. Um, there are some people that would like to see this, um, but uh, yeah, it's just lacking reviewers. Um, but essentially, this was what what Pierre was was asking for. Um, and so yeah, I I just uh, um, sent him this uh, as a response to the tweet. Um, and he um, yeah tested out the code. Uh, he had some suggestions. Um, mainly, he would like to have more insight. He wanted to have more insight into kind of the internals of each of the blocks, uh, so he could validate each block individually. Um, so I followed up a day later or so with with that addition, um, and also wrote a few days later uh, an export function where you could export basically content of this um, index to a CSV file. Uh, which is more compatible with uh, typical auditing tools. <laughs> <laughs> so you can do that via core. Yeah, I mean it's export I mean, it's to CSV. Writing it to a file uh, with comma yeah. separated. Yeah, I, 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 yeah it, it is a new RPC. I, I wrote an RPC just for this. I don't really know if it, if that's going to get merged. This is an open pull request now, um, but uh, it's it was easy to write. Um, it's like 70 lines or so, and, and Pierre used that to, to get out the export. Um, and um, I think that's what he's been working with now. Uh, and I think he's going to also write something about that. I think that he posted that on Twitter. Um, I think he's going to document uh, what he's been doing. And um, so that's going to be an interesting read as well. Yeah. It was such a fun, fun saga. <laughs> Again, going back to the point, like, hey, this is like a core tenet of why we're even working on in investing in and talking about and evangelizing this technology is the fact that it's transparent and you personally the individual can audit it and verify yeah like our audit and verify synonymous this is just me going off in my head now um you can verify it you can audit it I don't think there's an. I would say very audit close. is probably verifying uh, afterwards. I guess maybe. Yes, yes, verifying the verification. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, and thankfully for the because of the work that you're doing, 
Bitcoiners are easily able to do that. And it's like, again, going back to what started this part of the conversation, like the thankless uh, sort of hours spent review writing this without anybody really realizing that you, not you personally, but like any developer working on any part of the code is working on it. Um, I can't. Yeah. I imagine it's, I imagine it's, uh, I don't want to say weird, but like, it's like, ah, all these assholes on Twitter talking about Bitcoin number go up. Little do they know uh, <laughs> how much work has gone into making the actual function of the the network that allows the token within the network to go up uh like people don't again developers go very uh, very underappreciated i would say um but like to have something like this <laughs> pop up like how 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 jacked up did you get like when oh. you saw like everybody running sharing screenshots of the rpc call you've been working on and um like when when people needed it most, like it was just there, just because you worked on it. Well, and others as well, obviously. I mean, to be to be fair, it, it was there before. Like uh, people could yeah. could run it uh, before. It just uh, t takes a couple of minutes. Um, but uh, what what I'm doing is basically democratizing it more. Um, so, like the, the I don't really remember how much we went into um, the details of this. Um, the last time, but maybe as a recap, um, when you run getTXOutsetInfo right now, um, it uh, basically processes the whole UTXO set. Um, and that takes, uh, depending on your hardware, a couple of minutes. Um, so if like many people, for example, you have your own node at home on a Raspberry Pi, um, I think this takes something like eight minutes or so on a Raspberry Pi 3. Um, and of course, that uh, on the one hand is, is kind of annoying that you have to wait uh, this long. Um, but also, if you were um, to run this, for example, on a regular basis, if you want to have a script that um, audits the supply on every block, for example, um, then you run into issues because oftentimes there is um, you, you get blocks faster than eight minutes, right? So sometimes you get you know, three, four blocks in ten minutes, um, just just happens by chance. Um, and then your Raspberry Pi kind of has to catch up. Um, and uh, that's an issue right now. Um, and then going forward, um, the way it works right now by iterating over the whole UTXO set, um, the, this, this just increases linearly with the size of the UTXO set. So if your Raspberry Pi right now needs eight minutes to um, process the UTXO set with every block, um, then you can easily calculate when we have the next bull run and the UTXO set grows by 20 or 30 percent, um, then it's going to take more than 10 minutes. And then you basically cannot do this on a regular basis anymore. Then you with your Raspberry Pi, um, you can validate um, the total supply through GetTXO set info on a regular basis anymore. So um, yeah, what, I, what, I'm, uh, what I've implemented is an index um, that uh, calculates the um, content of basically get TX outset info. Um, so the, the statistics on the coin supply um, for each block, for each new block, uh, and can do that ex post for the full blockchain and then just update these numbers with every new block. And then you have an index um, that provides you for every block height um, at your request the, the data of how much, how many inputs uh, were. Um, 
uh, there uh, being spent and how many outputs were created, um, what the total values of that is, how much maybe um, became unspendable in that block, um, how much the, the Coinbase reward was, um, and you can um, then check these numbers that these are valid um, in the context. Um, and um, this is exactly what uh, now Pierre is going to use for the, the auditing of, um, of these numbers um, and that you can export with the CSV now with, uh, with the data exchanges. Yeah. Uh, so if blocks are coming in really fast or conversely, not conversely, but or if just the UTX, UTXO set grows by a material amount, 10 to 20%, is the issue with the Raspberry Pi looking at the CPU? Because that's one thing I noticed when I ran on my Raspberry Pi, it only took like a minute and a half. Okay. Um, but like more, if more blocks are coming in, is that is that is it a stress on the CPU? Just continuously trying to run that and keep up with it. Mm. Is it Raspberry Pi three or four? I think it might be a four. Yeah, I think like like with with the four, the four is much faster. So then you you don't have problem for foreseeable amount of time. Um, but this is really like on the fringes, like people that have been running it on Raspberry Pi 3, um, that is quite a bit uh, slower, um, or even some other old hardware. Um, you know, we, we want to um, have as many people be able to do that as possible. Um, um, Raspberry Pi doesn't feel like uh, much money to us, uh, but for some other people it is. Um, and uh, so, yeah, and for, for you, maybe it's not it's not a huge problem right now, um, but then it would be a problem if the UTXO set grows by um, three or four times, uh, which is uh, also possible um, if we have uh, three or four more bull runs, um, at least. And then, um, yeah, um, so it, it's just, it, it's a problem that is, that is um, inevitable on, 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 on some sort of level. Um, and so uh, why not use it? Because we already have the tools. Um, I'm building on uh, the base index. Um, this is uh, work that has been done uh, previously. Um, uh, I've, I'm just blanking on the name of, of who built this, but um, there was built uh, in, uh, um, together with the compact block filters. Um, where um, it makes it much easier to build an index in Bitcoin Core. You have a base class, uh, base index um, that you can use to build an index. Um, and since that's already there, um, the the amount of code that I had to write for this index and the amount of code that needs to be that needs to be maintained going forward um, for this is also in a manageable size. Um, if I would have to build this completely from scratch. Um, this would have been probably three or four times larger in terms of the, the size and lines of code. And then it's also a bit of a different build, and it would be much harder to, to get it merged, to get reviews for it. Um, it would be a higher burden in terms of maintainability as well. Um, and then maybe people wouldn't look at it as, as favorable um, as they do right now. So um, yeah, something else to consider. So much nuance to all of this. Do you still like writing code for Bitcoin Core and reviewing code? Um, you're getting. I like it more getting, than uh, <laughs> Yeah, you're not getting burnt out at all. No, no. I mean, of course, as with everything, sometimes there are things that are a bit annoying. Um, 
but uh, all in all, it's it's uh, the most fun I've ever had working on something, I think. Um, and so, yeah, it, I I like to characterize uh, Bitcoin Core as the, the most interesting software project ever in the world, basically. Um, and uh, that's that's still the case for me, absolutely. Um, I'm still learning um, every day. Um, that's important to me. Um, I can see progress. That's that's also important. Like sometimes it could be a little bit faster, but um, that's that's just the nature of it. Um, and I feel like I can I can be helpful. Um, so that's really all I need. You've been, certainly been helpful to me today. Uh, uh, so, what are you most excited for? Bitcoin, Bitcoin Core specifically moving forward. Obviously, we have BitTap root coming up. We talked about Signet earlier. Is there anything, um, anything you're looking for particularly that that gets you all excited? Mm, I mean, these are just like the the two big things that I've been thinking about mostly. So, other than that, like, like not there's not really. Other than that, and, and, and my work, of course, uh, there's not really anything that comes uh, very close. Um, just uh, something that I've been trying to get into a little bit more is the activation of Taproot, actually. Um, there's been quite a bit of conversation on that um, as well recently. Um, and uh, uh, that was going to be my next question. How would you activate BIP? What is it, 340, 341, 342? <laughs> I keep going back and forth. Um, so I, I just rather than making a decision myself, I just try to accumulate more input. Um, and uh, like it feels to me that the um, there's the the discussion that is going on right now um, is mostly developers being concerned that there's something that they don't know that might be going on from the miner side, basically. Um, and I'm just more thinking about how can I, um, or how can we in general, um, kind of get across this gap and, and not feel so insecure about that, that something like in, in case of SegWit is, is going to happen again. So, um, I don't really have particularly good, um, connections in, in the mining space. Um, and I think that the problem is that, that um many developers don't have them or if they do they don't talk about it um but that's just my my general impression of of the discussion um but i've been trying to to um to improve on that um and i've been reaching out to some people um there's not really something that i that i can present on that yet but um i hope um something is going to come out of that um that um we talk to some miners and uh, get insights from from their side and get um um yeah get get more uh, reassured basically from from what is going on on that side of, of our ecosystem basically um and then we'll just have a pretty easy answer um i think well you're talking to somebody who works for a mining company now it's actually very interesting that you brought this up specifically too because um there is, there's, mining has been very opaque in the past. It's probably the most Wild West aspect of this whole industry of the Bitcoin network. From my, and like speaking with other miners, there's no, no real contention 
about Bip Taproot at all, especially when you compare it to Segwit, because Segwit arguably uh, affected, not, not profitable, it, it could have, it affected profitability of mining. It, it, and Taproot doesn't do that in the same way mm-hmm. um, that Segwit did. So with that being said, I'm going to invite you to a call that we have weekly with other miners and particularly the pools. You need to get pool operators on board, right? Because they're at the end of the day until stratum v2 or um or better hash but i think matt is okay with stratum v2 gets implemented uh the pools are are going to be the ones signaling for this and and, yeah and whatnot and so i think i i don't think miners have much pushback on bip taproot specifically um just lost an airpod uh no, that is interesting. And the, and the other thing, so I, I read the, the mailing list, uh, the Bitcoin dev mailing list, and um, and so it seems like at least, so the conversation was started by AJ Towns like last month, and then Matt responded to it from there. It seems like Matt's... Modern uh, software um, activation? My, yeah, I forget if Matt started the conversation. I think that was Matt's suggestion. Yeah, yeah um, but he seems worried of a precedent of like developer of people just following developers and pushing it through. Mm. Um, at least that's what I got from that email. Do you have any thoughts on that, or yeah, I, the conversations are going I, on around that? Yeah, I I haven't talked to many people, so take this with a grain of salt, but. The feedback that I've gotten to kind of that question is like taking a defensive uh, and giving it a very long runway or um, trying to push it through quickly. Um, kind of to my surprise from from the minor side that I've talked to was um, the suggestion of, of somebody who, who would like to see Taproot as far as their understanding of it, um, that it should be rather quickly because they said um, they think that um, you kind of have to rattle people up do do a little bit of marketing around it basically and then give like a like a very quick deadline sort of and um, they think that would that would work much better um in to to kind of get like a a wave going and and then just get it through quickly um but if you would say okay we we have this now with one year deadline and then maybe another two to three years um, until we really, really do it um, for sure. Um, then he, like their, their feedback was that um, uh, of one uh, person in particular, um, that this would be too long of a timeline and then people would kind of dismiss it. Um, so they say, okay, we will deal with this in, in three years or something. Yeah, another factor you have to take into consideration is if we do run into a bull market and there is like a lot more adoption, then you just have X amount more people sort of contributing to the conversation. Mm-hmm. Then you get into a decision paralysis at that point. And if you've ever experienced a Bitcoin bull run in price, you, you, you know that even the developers and like, it's all anything can, anybody can think of as the price. Like everything else gets like, push to the wayside which is a it's not great but it's it's a reality at least what i've observed in the years that i've been uh paying attention to bitcoin so 
like right now, I think the timing is is perfect to to start active. Like we're talking about activation now. I would like I would like there to be I would like activation to start happening or the the signaling for activation to start happening at the network level soon. Like be, before the end of the year, I would like mm. yeah. um, personally. But who am I? Like and that's like the hard question about this whole activation. Is like who, and that's the, um, it's like who who's the first one to step forward, right? Like we have all these potential paths, but who's actually going to take yeah. the first step? And this is also where do we need do we need a Shallonfroy or something like that? Sure. Shallonfry. Yeah, um, I don't I don't. I don't know if we, maybe, maybe, yeah, it's uh, it's a good question. I haven't really thought about that if, if uh, somebody comes forward, but I think um, like people are already in the discussion and I feel maybe now somebody doing doing this kind of move, um, I don't really know if it would, would uh, work out the same way again. Um, but uh, this is kind of also where all the topics that we've been talking about come come uh, together again, because uh, on the one hand, uh, there's also still need for review on the Taproot pull request. Um, that would be definitely also great help if if um, we just can concentrate uh, even more review effort on on Taproot. Um, I mean, it's it's a huge review and it's it's complicated, but um, still. There, there's still a need for, for that. Um, I think to also get more people like completely on board that this is ready now. Like everyone who even like thinks they they could be competent enough to to review Tableau to just review it. And even if they don't feel giving um, an arc at the end, just say, okay, I looked at this and I didn't find any problems. If you don't feel comfortable giving an arc, then just say, okay, at least I've taken take a look at this and, and but I don't know what I'm doing if, if you if you feel insecure um, and then also Signet <laughs> um, uh, uh, this is uh, just uh, recently last one or two weeks um, I think Taproot is now activated on Signet uh, like Signet is not merged yet it's not uh, in Bitcoin Core but it's very close um, and um, AJ and Color have um, integrated it in the in the main signet and there's still a little bit of discussion um, I think if that's the, the right way to go but I think this would this will be um, the first this will be one of the ways that we can test um, taproot as well in, in the wild um, as part of signet I think um, I think AJ recently tweeted like the first um, uh, transaction that they've done the first taproot transaction on signet yeah. No, and actually speaking of that too, uh, Poolin Mining Pool, they, they put Taproot in a Coinbase transaction last week too. Um, so it seems like momentum's growing. And that makes a lot of logical sense. Like, prove that it works on testnet. Then maybe we'll easily garner some more attention and momentum to getting activated. Um, yeah. Damn. We just covered a lot. Yeah. I've got to wrap up. I've got to wrap up here soon, but um, it's been a pleasure catching up, dude. Thank you for all the work that you've done, um, that you continue to do, and thank you for coming here and educating this dumb podcaster. <laughs> uh, 
Thank you very much for for inviting me again. Uh, I'm 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 hugely honored to be a return guest. Uh, it's, it's crazy. Oh, stop it! I mean, like I just said, like I learned a lot from you, and I think the work that you're doing, unsung hero. Uh, a lot of I'm not you alone, but there's a lot of developers that are unsung heroes doing grunt. I don't want to call it grunt work because I couldn't do it, um, but like underscored. Uh, excuse me, under heralded work that, that many more people should be paying attention to. So before we wrap up, just to bring it full circle, like what advice or recommendations do you have from a dev funding perspective or re- review perspective and um, the future of Bitcoin? Mm, I think maybe the one thing, the one idea that I, that I had that, uh, I haven't mentioned yet around funding and, and reviews. It's just that um, if if you can, if the, if that makes sense for you as somebody who who funds uh, Bitcoin developers, just pay attention to that the, the people you fund also do reviews. Um, I think that just we we, we talked about this uh, previously as well. Um, I think it makes sense if people that write code also review code, um, and um, so usually mostly grants have been given out more focused on something um, on the code that people were writing um, and that's completely fine like that that makes a lot of sense to me but um, I think the 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 grant givers should also um, sort of request a minimum of of review work as well um, and um, yeah if you if you ask somebody who has the capacity to to fund uh, Bitcoin developers uh, maybe just just pay attention to that um and uh, look not just at people who write cool code but also who review code and and consider um funding them as well how can we help you personally are you accepting sponsorships on github uh no that's uh i i've seen that but it's um i'm i'm a bit hesitant because it's a bit public for me like there's uh I don't like it that much that you like see publicly who who has funded who and so on. It's uh, um, yeah, it's a bit weird to me, but um, I should I should get something up on uh, Bitcoin Dev List. Um, I don't know if you mentioned that in the podcast already um, in the previous episode. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean Matt Matt O'Dell, my co-host of Rat- Rabbit Hole Recap, he's the one who created it. Ah, so. right. Yeah, he yeah he made that. Yeah, right. Yeah, cool. In uh, in partnership with Dennis. Uh, Ryman yeah, from yeah, yeah. from the yeah yeah who, um, from BTC Pay server yeah that's um, yeah yeah that's that, that's a really good initiative and I um, just have to um, uh, you say get my ass off the couch and and um, put uh, BTC Pay server um, on there I think um, so something I, I have to get done um, yeah and I'm not. Um, this the, the GitHub funding thing. I'm not. I'm not sure about. I, I haven't taken a close look at it, but it's, uh, it feels a bit um, too public for me. Popularity, yeah. Um, hey, to each their own. Um, if you if there is any way that we can help here at TFTC, let me know. Um, it's always a pleasure talking. I hope the next time that we meet on this podcast, we do it in person. We're able to that would be awesome. cheers in person, right? Um, so. If I'm ever in Germany, if you're ever in the United States, let me know. We'll meet up. I hope so. Actually, two big countries. We could be in completely different parts of the country. If we're ever in the same city, we need to meet up. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, all right, Fabian. 
It's been a pleasure. Uh, keep crushing it, dude. It's really incredible to see what you've done in the years since we last recorded. So um, I'm very happy to see that you're not burnt out and you're, you're more enthused than ever. It's uh, very encouraging to me. Thank you very much. Thanks again for having me. All right. Uh, anytime. That's all we got this week. Peace and love, freaks. <laughs>